I think I put 20 hours into getting, finally getting up onto foil. And I felt that first sensation of flying without being pulled by a kite. I was like, oh, game on. This is it. Saturday, May 2nd, 2020. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul, welcome back to the podcast. It is nearing the 50th day of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine. As such, we're all anxious to be outside. We're all anxious to beat this virus. We're all anxious to express our athleticism outdoors. And if you are an outdoor athlete, you certainly know about Hood River. Wind sports, trail sports, mountain biking, running, paddling sports, sup, foil, whitewater, you name it, Hood River is certainly the epicenter for it all in the Pacific Northwest. And over the last couple of days, I've talked to two people that I really enjoy meeting up when I'm in the area, Tim Thornton, and today we're talking with TJ Galizia, one of the owners of Big Winds, the penultimate paddling sport, wind sport shop in the area. So, Without further ado, here's TJ. TJ Galizia, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. Good to hear your voice again. Oh, it is good to hear your voice. These are weird times, interesting times. How are you doing? You know, we're hanging in there. Um, there's no, no other place I'd rather be than Hood River in the springtime. It's absolutely beautiful here in Oregon. And um, yeah, we're just... we're trying to evolve with the times as well. Um, as a family man and a business owner on both sides of things, staying busy for sure. You are one of the, the better river paddlers I know. Anytime I'm in the Hood River area, I love jumping on the, the middle section of the White Salmon. You've shown me all the lines. You've shown me the ways to do it. You just have this clean grace about your paddling and you have a, a great smile and great enthusiasm, great knowledge of the area. So you're one of those guys who are not really doing the social media. Like Tim Thornton, who I interviewed yesterday for my podcast, he's doing it for the paddle. He loves just to paddle without the social media fame and glory. So if you would, please introduce yourself to my audience. Yeah, that's great. Tim Thornton, man, what a, what a genuine guy and the Jedi paddler around here. I mean, Jedi I, love paddler, the guys for sure. I, I love the guys that I get to paddle with around here. I mean, world-class guys, including Tim Thornton and Dan Gavir. And when you come out here, it's always a joy to get out on the waters with you for sure. Um, you know, Hood River is a special spot. We've got the Columbia River, obviously, that hosts world-class kiteboarding and windsurfing, but all the tributaries that run into the Columbia. I mean, that's what moved me out here from Colorado back in 2001 was the whitewater. Um, I was heavy into kayaking for about 15 years, traveled the world kayaking. You know, people asked um, what I do, and I would say I'm a kayaker. Um, and I spent, you know, my summers teaching kayaking, instructing kayaking, and then I would travel in the winter months. Um, a couple of uh, great trips that I took were living down in Ecuador, and Ecuador still has a place in my heart. It's, it's very similar to Hood River in the sense that there's mountains, there's ocean, there's rivers um, right out your back door. And it was down in Ecuador back in 2000 that I met a group of paddlers from Portland, Oregon. And they're mm -hmm. like, TJ, you know, if you, if you want to paddle year round, you really got to come check out the gorge. And um, yeah, the, the gorge was something that I had heard about, but they said there are two rivers out here. Mm -hmm. There's the white salmon. And then when you get up to your game for class five boating, there's the little white salmon. And I was like, huh. And I looked into it, 
a buddy of mine in West Virginia at the time was interested in um, hightailing it after golly season. We were down there doing some kayaking on the golly, and he's like, let's go up to, to Hood River this winter and check it out. I was like, yeah, it's a great time to do so. It was 2001, right after 9-11. Um, we weren't going to travel internationally, and so we made a pact to find a place in the continental U.S. where we could paddle year-round. And so that's what moved me up to Oregon. And, um, man, I, I haven't left. <laughs> um, in all honesty, it was, it was the white water that brought me here. Um, but the wind kind of kept me here. And that's kind of how I found my position eventually at Big Winds was mm-hmm. um, with kiteboarding. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on up here. As you know, Paul, it's just world class from world class dirt surfing on your mountain bikes, e-bikes, <laughs> um, you know, to white water paddling, to kiteboarding, windsurfing. Um, stand-up paddleboarding is just like one of my favorite activities, whether it's on waves or downwinding or on whitewater. I just can't get enough paddling. And I think it's because of my roots in kayaking. We're going to talk about foiling here in a second and uh, foiling, oh, something that you've you've uh-huh. gone full into. But before we get to that, how did how did you stand up on a board? How did you go from your boat in whitewater to standing up on a board? Tell me, uh, Tell us about that transition. Yeah, I'll blame Dan Gabir on that one. <laughs> um, he and his buddy Corin Addison, back in the early days when Corin owned the brand Imagine, which is still a stand-up paddleboarding brand, Corin um, had some roto-molded 50-pound stand-up boards that were designed for whitewater called the, called the Rapid Fire. Mm-hmm. And Gabir brought a bunch of them into Hood River and sold one to me and took me for my first trip down the hood river and i'll i'll never forget that day it was (laughs) kind of early summer the hood was pretty low flow um we show up down at the tucker bridge and i'm just geared out from head to toe with helmet elbow pads knee pads shin guards like i had every pad (laughs) that you could imagine on me just looking like this warrior ready to go into battle and then float by two high school girls in their inner tubes with bikinis on. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is kind of the, <laughs> the yin and yang. I'm seeing it right here. It's like hardcore guys and then floater buys. And um, yeah, Gavir gave me my first experience on that green roto-molded 50-pound board. And I never looked back. I, you know, I hit a point in my kayaking, I think, where class five was probably not going to be happening for me all that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting down in a boat started to feel a little bit painful after 15 mm-hmm. years of squeezing myself into little playboats and having my legs, you know, sprawled out underneath the thigh pads. And standing up and getting back to the river was a whole different perspective of seeing the rivers. It, it allowed me to enjoy class three like I used to enjoy class Mm -hmm. five without the you know dire consequences so I think that's why I never looked back to kayaking Um, and again Hood River is a special spot and we've got a couple of very unique rivers here that are just perfect for stand-up. I agree the the white salmon that we paddle on when I'm in the area and, and then the Hood River just test piece rivers if if a person doesn't know the Pacific West uh you know, the Pacific Northwest, you could paddle every day of the year and the White Sand and, and the Hood River and the, the Lower Deschutes and so many rivers in the area, the Clackamas, they're, they're amazing. Most people still say that Colorado is the epicenter for River Sup, but it's only a two-month season. Come on, guys, get out get out west. But, okay, so yeah, you got, that's right, man. 
<laughs> you've, you've gone you've gone to the river, but you've also returned to the gorge with this foiling thing. What's that all about? Oh man, you know, 2016, I'll never forget it. It was the beginning of May, like this time of year, and Kai Lenny broke the internet with um, and a video that everyone knows of him yeah. taking a 12 foot six board, chopping it down to 10 foot six, plugging a foil on it. It was one of Alex Aguera's original go foils and him foiling a Maliko run with paddle in hand. And I was just blown away, captivated. I was like, this is going to happen here in the gorge too. And the first thing I did was take a 12 foot six javelin, Nash javelin, chop off the tail, um, have <laughs> Gary Swanson put some tracks in it. And I plugged my kite foil onto the bottom of the board as I'd already been kite foiling for like three plus years at that point, I was like, this is it. We're going to make this happen. And my first, you know, 10 attempts were just an absolute failure. I wasn't getting on foil. I didn't know what I was, I was doing wrong. And I look back to sub foiling at that time and I, I'd given up on it. I was like, this isn't going to work. And then things evolved really fast. Um, again, I would attribute a lot of it to Alex Aguera with GoFoil. Um, they made the boards a little bit smaller. They made the foils a little bit bigger. Um, the foils now have more generate more lift at, at slower speeds. And um, the guys from Maui came out here and showed us the potential. And um, I would attribute a lot of that to Dave Kalama, mm -hmm. um, Austin, his son, mm -hmm. um, Alex Aguera, and a crew that just blew us all away one summer when they came out to the gorge and showed us the potential. I think Dave Kalama said at um, a meet and greet that we hosted at Big Winds that mm -hmm. the gorge is a gold mine for subfoiling. You guys have the spot. And I was just like, the light went off. I'm like, I've got to try this some more. And after, you know, another five, six attempts, I think I put 20, I think I counted 20 hours into getting finally getting up onto foil and i felt that first sensation of flying without being pulled by a kite i was like oh game on this is it and um yeah the the subfoiling has gone completely bonkers out here um it's one of my favorite things to do and i thought it would only be a summer month um activity but now i'm starting to see that i can do it year-round and it's just such an interesting sport. And like you said, uh, Hood River is a gold mine. It seems like the, the Hawaiian Islands, Los Bariles down in Baja and, and Hood River, those are, that's the triangle for your sport. It, I mean, it is. That's, um, that's kind of the path that most people take here is Hood River in the summer months, either Baja or the Hawaiian Islands for the winter months. And then they all flock back here to the gorge for the summer. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think they do so because they're wind junkies and that's where the wind is the most consistent. Hood River is the epicenter for that. And there's one shop in town, Big Winds, that you're a part owner of that really is leading the way in outfitting people and 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 selling gear. We're transitioning now to the, the retail part. We're in a dark day with retail because it just, you know, the coronavirus has, has quarantined us all. We can't go outside. And Hood River in particular has been restrictive of who could be out and when and where, including, if I'm not mistaken, no gorge paddling, no foiling, no kiting, no access to the beaches. Is that all true? You know, that was the case. And I can look back at April saying that was one of the hardest months to be a gorge resident. Um, 
if you're into outdoor activity, all of our trails were shut down, no mountain biking, all of our water access was shut down, no kiting, windsurfing, stand-up paddleboarding. Um, it was it was a tricky month this last month, but now that May is here, um, it's a new day. Um, I think that we're getting access um, granted to us in what I would call a soft kind of opening for the local people. Mm -hmm. um, we're able to mountain bike, we're able to paddle. Um, as of today, we're able to kite and windsurf. So I think, um, I, I think that we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I hope that I can put April behind me for the rest of my life, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is uh, raising their hand in agreement for that. Uh, can we do a reset for 2020 yet? Uh, and, and talking before this, uh, this episode, it sounds like Big Winds is, is doing okay. It's, it's an exception in the dark days of retail right now, especially in the outdoor retail industry, where well over 90% of the, the product are manufactured in China factories are closed in China, or I think they're emerging, but I don't know. But you said Big Winds is doing well, surprisingly well. Tell us about that. You know, um, I would say that we're keeping the ship afloat. It, sure. Our numbers aren't like they would be um, in the years past when the doors are open to in-store traffic, because we, we are a shop that's always relied on in-store traffic. People come to the Gorge, they come to Big Winds, they buy gear, and right now people aren't coming to the Gorge, and the sure. doors are actually locked to in-store traffic. So um, we're, we're doing okay. Um, we're keeping employees paid, um, keeping them at home. Um, the management team is um, really just kind of taken over and we're working a skeleton crew. I give big props to my shipping manager, to my e-bike specialist there who's been coming in on a five-day-a-week basis. And I mean, it just grinding it out because the, the phones have been ringing. Um, mm -hmm. The internet has... Um, a, a particular buzz to it right now, obviously, with a lot of people spending more screen time than ever. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that folks are looking at outdoor activities and recreation as not being canceled. It was just postponed for a little bit. So they're still buying up gear. And um, in this unique time when gear might not be as accessible to us this summer as it um, usually is, I think that people are realizing that now's the time to get it if you have any... Um, any thought of being out um, doing your activity this summer going forward. So it, it's kind of a full court press, you know, we're, we're selling gear for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Are the numbers the same as normal? No, but uh, we're, we're evolving with um, what we're given. And um, yeah, like I said, trying to keep the boat afloat. And if, if I've noticed anything successful about big wins is that you are able to evolve. You're able to, you know, basically put your finger in the air and feel what the wind of change is. You did that with windsurfing and then kiting and then a variety of paddleboarding and foiling and e-bikes. Let's talk about e-bikes in a second, but let's go back to the retail model. Uh, over the last number of years, people say that the internet is killing the brick and mortar store. Big wins has been successful because of the, the the intelligent, enthusiastic, really experienced staff. People go to Big Wins just to talk to you guys. How is how is your business model going to grow with uh, online commerce? Yeah, that's um, that's a great question. And I think that is something that we're really starting to recognize here over the last month, month and a half, is how important um, our internet e-commerce side of the business is to Big Wins. And so we're dedicating a lot of time and energy into um, ramping up both Big Wins and Oregon e-bikes e-commerce side of the business to offset the lack of in-store business that we're 
um, currently witnessing. So um, it's an it's an evolution, and we've got some smart players in the game, um, all of which I would consider um, not only business partners but friends of mine. And uh, we work together as a team. We're a family there, and we look after each other. And um, yeah, there there's a very professional um, staff and intelligent staff that. Um, work and um, are part business owners with me at Big Wins that keep keep the business going. Um, I'm I'm thankful to be part of that family to say the least. Just that love, that community spirit is why why your shop is I think so successful. And e-bikes, I thought e-bikes were just all about uh, you know people <laughs> commuting around until I met Dane Tudor last summer in British Columbia, professional mountain biker and, and backcountry skier. You know, he has a full suspension downhill e-bike that he just rallies on. You really, I think, were the, the impetus behind e-bikes in the Hood River area. Tell us a little bit about e-bikes. Yeah, you know, we started Oregon e-bikes a couple years ago when um, the late, great Steve Gates uh, was searching around for an e-bike for himself in Portland and realized, you know, I'm just not getting the customer service that I'm used to. I think we could do this. Um, at big wins and do it better. And so I, I give Steve all the props in the world for getting Oregon e-bikes started and established. Um, he did it more so for the commuting aspect of it, but then we saw him as he was dealing with cancer, um, still want to rally with his buddies on the trails. And so he got into e-mountain biking thereafter. And then I tried my first e-mountain bike think it was with Steve my first time Mm -hmm. and it was just so cool how much terrain we could cover and um you know just experience the the forest in a whole new way we were rallying up hills like hitting berms on the uphill and bombing (laughs) up hills I was just like what is this all about this is like twice the fun it's like the downhills are a blast but the uphills are just as fun and um you know it it struck me that you, you don't have to be, you know, dealing with a handicap to enjoy e-mountain biking. You can be a top-notch athlete like your buddy up in BC and see the the benefits that um, having a motor and battery on, on your bike carry. It's like, it's like the best of both worlds, mountain bike and dirt bike, but it's ultra quiet and you can still get the same amount of exercise um, and enjoy it. See a lot of terrain in a short amount of time. Um, I'm looking at my new e-mountain bike right now. It's <laughs> glistening with no dirt on it. And our trails just opened up um, yesterday. So I'm going to go go up to Post Canyon here in a moment and go rally and rip around. Well, I'll let you go. Thank you for introducing me, my audience to you, and a little bit about the Hood River area. Most of this podcast, which I started during the first day of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine, and we're day 48 now, I think, 47, 48. I don't know, way too many. It started so that I could listen to people's perspective from around uh, the world, and I've spent a lot of time talking to people in, in Canada. It's also good to get a perspective from areas I'm more familiar with, and Hood River is certainly one of those. And I've learned a lot about the area from you, and I hope my audience uh, does too. So go rally on that bike. Thank you so much for, for your time and uh, really presenting just such a, a unique, fun experience to the outdoor world. Thank you, Paul. It's so good to hear your voice again, and I can't yes, wait sir. to get out on the water with you. Um, hit me up when you get back to the Pacific Northwest, bud. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy the day. Enjoy All the right. sunshine. Happy first day of May. You got it. Take right care. on, brother. Thank you.